So, hello and welcome to the Guns Geeks podcast with myself, Gregory Harrison, and Sally at Marius and Graham Jordan. And our very, very special guest, two guests today, um, Ashley Jarman and Richard Powers. Hello. Hello, thanks Ooh. for coming on the show. Um, Richie, both Richie and Ash, you might know from bands such as The Rex or Paisley. Um, and I can't remember what your first band was. No one cares. <laughs> no one cares. I said that might want to might want to reminisce about good old times. Well, Google them and laugh at Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what yeah. was your first band? Uh, the first decent one was the Hybrid Band. Yeah, but what oh, was your first first band? Yeah, Come we, on, like the, the really all. bad band name. <laughs> I wasn't really in any bands in high school because <laughs> I was a I was more I was I used to fill in for drummers. So I didn't really have a band of my own. I just used what, to be in everyone else's. Trumpet for the drummers. No, no, I played drums. <laughs> oh right, okay. Didn't know that. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah. There you go. <laughs> was that first instrument then drums, or was that? Oh, I was in a brass band. You were a brass like, band, and you did drums. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I did that. But when I got when I got to high school, I wanted to be in like actual cool bands, doing like Nirvana and shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> then I was a drummer because no one wanted trumpet players in their bands. Oh, it doesn't really work when there wasn't that much trumpet music. Not in grunge. Yet, yet, yet. Yes, yes. This not out there. Richie, what was your your very first band? Um. That's it. Moving on. I can't. I can't remember. I was in loads that didn't really get very far. He says, he's <laughs> taking a long yeah. drink of, <laughs> of his Belgian beer. <laughs> his butler left. That will make you reminisce quite quickly. So um, I've got to try and not be too biased with this, really. Why is that, Craig? Because I'm also a member of this band. Which band? The Rex. Oh, I've now. heard of them. Oh, yeah. 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 So I've got Didn't to... they, don't they have an album on... And... Are we going to I, launch straight into that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if we should talk about this album, yeah. really. I think that would be... That's in the past, man. It was, it was, yeah. I think we should just get it over and done with. So, how was your local tour of the Channel Islands? So, you played you played Sark. You're kind of the origins of the Rex, I suppose, Sark. Yep. Yeah. And then you went to Jersey, and then you came to Guernsey. Yeah. And so, how, how are those three geese? Go on, Richie. <laughs> um, Sark was... Uh, quite chaotic, wasn't it? It's always chaotic. <laughs> I think uh, we were like pretty much in a pool of alcohol on stage by the end of it. We managed to spill drinks. Greg was so drunk, I don't even know if he remembers it. <laughs> I do remember all of it, just about. Yeah. He woke up in a field. I'm sorry, but right now Gregory's looking sheepish. <laughs> Very fitting. This isn't Sark. about me. Yeah. This isn't about me. Okay, <laughs> so Sark was chaotic. Sark was chaotic, which is what you want. That's what we yeah, wanted. We kind of knew that that was going to happen because everyone was sort of up for it, aren't they? They're always yeah. up for it. And the fact that we brought Lord Vapor with us as well and Dave Everington played. Mm. You know, they got three, got three really good shows there. Yeah. Did you? Do you have a sense that people came over from Guernsey to? To go to Sark to see Lord for the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, was it? But, but, we but, had to get but, a charter you... boat for Lord Vapor's fans. Did you? Yeah. No. Oh. Seriously? Seriously, yeah. Oh, that's cool. So you had the, <laughs> so, so you had some people coming over from Guernsey specifically for that first yeah, gig. Yeah. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. Because normally when we do the Mermaid gigs, it's sort of just for the locals. And I don't think there's been many people from Guernsey ever 
turn up to them for. People were under the impression that was the first place they could buy our album. That is true, and we're good at doing and that. that so. <laughs> <laughs> and that wasn't true. That's probably got something to do with it. So what, people couldn't buy the album at the Mermaid Kick? No. Oh, yeah. interestingly, mar- marketing ploy there, guys. Yeah, wow. Wow. So I like the way you did that. It just didn't turn out. It basically just didn't turn out right. in time. Interesting story. If, yeah, we were, yeah. if we were playing in Dartford, it would have been fine. Absolutely. <laughs> that's where they were. Ah, yeah. uh, I see. So it, there was just we, stuck we in the just boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To the On game. a boat in Dartford. <laughs> yeah. I think in the middle of the sea by the time we were there. Oh, if really? we had been playing there, then we would have been fine. Yeah, it was totally... We were totally on time. <laughs> that's a great, though. That is... The, that is sums up Sark in some ways it's fairly off the grid it's chaotic it's it's something that's unusual really, isn't it so the yep. fact that you didn't have the album there because it was halfway across the ocean and, <laughs> and and other people came from another island to kind of watch you and it was chaotic that all sums up Sark really isn't it pretty it's much amazing. does yeah that's like every day yeah really <laughs> how did you guys like, like a car crash waiting to happen how did you guys find yourselves on Sark in the first place like how did you all end up there um, I I I was met of I was there first, wasn't I? Out of us, I was there first. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I was meant to be there. I was only meant to be there three days, and then found out you could still smoke in the pubs. You didn't pay like literally hardly any tax, and it was like less than two pound a pint. So I just stayed. <laughs> <laughs> Ash came over to visit. Uh, oh, so you knew each other beforehand? Yeah, yeah. Ash used to be my boss once upon a time. Oh, really? He was a good boss. He, I was homeless. He used to let me sleep on your sofa. True. He's, yeah, he's a good boss. I'd sleep, on, boss. Ask you yeah. sleep on, the, on the sofa as well. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's weird when all your employees are homeless. <laughs> <laughs> was that by choice when you were picking yeah. them out? Going? Did you ever feel like so? Do you have a home? Maybe I'm uh, doing not for you this job then. <laughs> Was it just because you, you weren't can... paying them enough? Or... <laughs> I can say. Get them to work longer hours so they can stay in the warm for a little while. Yeah. I like them vulnerable. <laughs> um, so, so you're inside first. Yeah. Then, then Ash came over. You came over to visit, didn't you? Celebration of the Sea. Yeah. Yeah, I did. And I can't remember how long after Because I was meant to play uh, a couple of years before with the hybrid band and I sent another band over because the lady does the the celebration of sea over there she used to ring me up like every August and try and get me to send bands over and she always would speak to me like we'd never spoke before which was funny <laughs> <laughs> like we do this every year but then uh, yeah I went over actually with not with my band I went over with Richie's band and um, oh, did a couple of yeah okay, and did a couple yeah. of couple of songs with you you played was, tambourine I played you did. <laughs> bloody good tambourine. And then uh, Askew fell off the stage. Mm-hmm. Ed, Ed took down half the stage. Yeah, with yeah. <laughs> nice. Again, Sark Chaos. That's yeah, good. Sark yeah. Chaos. So I, I loved it. I was there for like four days. And then, um, yeah, two years back in, in the UK again. And then sort of all my flat and everything kind of came up for it. All the can- contracts came up for renewal. So I was like, I can leave. Mom, yeah. here's my car. Bye bye. Bye bye. That's cool. So, so you'd been to Sark before, and you'd sent bands there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when you were there for that four days, what was it about Sark that really kind of like stuck in your head, and you thought, oh, everything, everything about it. Like I was with um, some friends, um, Bob and Jill, 
um, from Weymouth, and I went everywhere with them. And he, they, he's like a or ornithologist, and they're both lecturers, aren't they? And they they've done a lot of teaching, so they were just all about the kind of the flowers and the birds and everything so I spent four days walking around the island with them and I was just like this is beautiful and also the first night I was there me and Chevis from um, Paisley just sort of sat on a bench and just watched the Milky Way yeah. Okay. I was just like, come on, this is amazing. Yeah. yeah. And then, how did you find your first winter there? <laughs> well, that was, you know, muddy and cold. Because you guys have been hardcore suckies. You go, there are a lot of people who go to suck and they do the summer. Yeah. And then well, I turned up winter. in February. Oh, wow. straight I into turned it. up in fucking um, September. So no. you just got the end of the nice the sea's summer. Warm. I, turned, I turned up for winter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there's quite a lot of good stuff happens around September, October. True. So. Mm. Yeah, really? Like what? Oh. Oh, okay. Just, so people couldn't good, see that good, if they're listening. Good, good the expressions on both of your faces. <laughs> it's like, there's a lot what of happens parties. in Sark stays in Sark. <laughs> Let's just say the sheep are loose. The sheep are loose. <laughs> no. Ah, okay. Okay. So really good things happen in wintertime in Sark. Okay. <laughs> uh, but what attracted yeah. you was that sense of freedom and nature, and, and yeah, this, this yeah. is a nice place. But you had to wait two years before you could. Yeah, I did because I had I had responsibilities. Okay, which is unfortunate. Yeah, well, but no, no, well you had employees. <laughs> you had employees living on your lounge floor, so you had yeah. to get rid yeah. of them first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. tricky. Okay, but uh, it's great. And then I and then I started uh, when I moved there. Then I started coming to Guernsey a lot and Jersey. And I was just like, this is actually a really great bailiwick. You know, yeah. the whole the whole place. Herm is is amazing. I'm just like, wow. France is over there. The land yeah. of cheese and wine. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Did you, didn't you say something? You saw Guernsey for the first time. I can't understand. You've been to Jersey or something rather. And as you flew over Guernsey, you just saw loads of swimming pools everywhere. Yeah, yeah, that was it. I was like, yeah, I was on my. What is this place? The first time I ever went to Jersey, you know, when I worked in banking. Amazing. Yeah, that does oh. that sound amazing. So, this is Guernsey gigs. It's not Guernsey talking. <laughs> it's not Guernsey it's tourism. It's not, we're not trying to sell the. the uh, yeah, it's all about music. <laughs> but I'm really interested in the fact that so you basically relocated. You were both in bands before, yeah, yeah. You, and and you played before as well. You played together, did you? Briefly, Briefly. like in Paisley, because sometimes we used to sort of swap. I like mainly swap with Chev. Because he'd want to go to the bar. I always used to go to Richie's gigs, and most of them used to come to come and watch ours. So, okay. Chev sometimes used to step in for me, and I used to step in for him. Yeah, yeah that's nice. Because so, yeah. eh? you guys were on like a little bit of a circuit, though, and it was that way. Where was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Through all the little pubs there, and oh, there's so many. <laughs> so, I mean, Richie, you must have been pretty happy then when when. Ash came over and joined and bedded in because um, had you started making music then already by uh, yourself? Or? Me and Wes oh, yeah. had just formed the Rex just before Ash had come over. Oh. Um, when we, we were just a little acoustic folk duo writing nice little songs about the sea and travelling and things. And, um, yeah. So Richie and Wes, you yeah. started writing songs together, and they were you know quite gentle songs the way you're describing yeah, them. Yeah, the demo, like the early demos on our SoundCloud, and it's nothing like what you see from the live set now. When Ash came over, because he produced 
people like at the grunge me being Paolo and um, there's a few few friends records Ash had produced so we got him down to record some of our songs which he ended up playing on and then um, there was a moment where he just started writing some less folky songs so it's like well, actually this is much better than what we've been writing so we got Ash involved who like joined join the band then Barney our original drummer who I've been in bands with for God, since so I was about seventeen or something. Oh wow! Um, and you're now sixty-five. So that's <laughs> a long time. Yeah. So we just asked Barney, and Attila was was the only bass player we know. <laughs> 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 on island. Uh, <laughs> well, was Attila but, and Barney on island or yeah, not? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So cool. lived on the island. And, um, but I, I jammed with Attila about a year before and I thought oh he's, this is going to be quite hard work with him but he'd um, in that year since we'd played together he'd gone from being like quite a good player but not experienced in like mm. playing with other people mm. to just like a really really good bass Practice player yeah, yeah. oh yeah yeah, yeah like in that, in that year he was just like there's not much else to do so I was going to say and sometimes it can be the catalyst so you can play with with someone and you kind of and, and your your level's about here and yeah. you're playing with them and they inspire you to be better in some ways. They inspire you to want to do different things, and you sometimes mm. need a bit of time back then to mm. practice and to and well, to yeah, play with different. someone who's who's better or it's, getting yeah. a better level yeah. and constantly progressing. It's always better to try and work with people who make you up your game. Mm. Yeah, I think too. I think I'm a sure. lot of people just try and be the like the best person in the band. Stage. Yeah, it's a lot of egos, and in like the band, you can't. So. Yeah, it's like you don't really. You never really grow like that. What was the shift? So you you said, Richie, you said uh, you and Wes were like writing some folk songs together, and then then there was a shift. Then you realised that you wanted to do something that was a bit more exciting. Yeah. So what what was it about the new stuff that was exciting? Um, I think it all started. Um, we used to go in Wes's conservatory, just out there, to smoke and drink and write and 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 chat. So you studied and, in the conservatory. <laughs> we just had like that old like seventies couch in there, and it was just, just, uh, just seemed. Well, that's where we played music. Yeah. Um, I think he'd gone, gone to make some coffee or somewhere, and I was playing his banjo, and that's where circles came from. So I just had that look. I'd never played a banjo before, but I started oh, wow. playing the banjo part to circles. He come in. He's like, "What's that?" I thought like, I was just messing about he's like oh, I like Sorry. that so then yeah so I just picked the guitar up and it just kind of pretty much wrote itself it sounded way better circles. that was cool um, and, and was that a, like in, in your head is that a, is that a uh, definite jump up like like a link into what then became yeah, yeah. it's a complete, completely different from what we were like I thought we were trying to achieve yeah, interesting. Um, and then, like, Wes was like, I like that. I want to do more like that. I was like, well, if you want to do more stuff like that, I've got loads of stuff like that <laughs> that we yeah. can do. Um, and that's when it started. Wow. We started sort of my kind of idea of what the wrecks were going to be. I just thought it'd be a nice little band. We might do the odd gig in Guernsey or something, and it would be nice. 
um, when we started writing more and more, we sort of realised we had something quite special. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, then we sort of moved away from the folk and started being much more experimental. And that's that's when we got Ash and Attila and Barney involved, and it just kind of, yeah, really took off from yeah. there. You started to get more of an identity. It sounds like. And Ash, what was that like for you when when you when you first joined that? What were you hearing that was attractive for you as a musician? When I was when I was producing it, uh, well, well, just the, the the makeup of the songs because they were really nice folk songs, but they were unusual, especially at the time. Like Richie's, I like unusual voices generally, and Richie's, really? yes, <laughs> and Richie's kind of like really high, sort of like falling down the well, sort of vocals that he put. On. <laughs> Some of the tracks are really fun, so. Uh, <laughs> I don't quite that. Like the, <laughs> down the well. I falling down the well. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> by Richie Pat. <laughs> it's very damaging to his health. I'm on about Seesong. Listen to Seesong, you'll see what I mean. Like, they were really good. And then uh, just the creepiness of uh, circles and putting together that kind of like really theatrical beginning. And um, I think if you take circles and you take fear, you can kind of see where it was going to go with those two songs. Yeah. The structure, the weirdness, the big over-the-top middle eight, you know, is... Mm. Um, and also there was a lot of brass in that one, <laughs> wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, that was the only one I played on, I think, originally. Uh, well, I have yeah. to say in this band, I'm yeah, playing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just, just going to write another brass part now. <laughs> So Circles of Fear, for those people that don't know those songs, where can they hear them? If... Uh, on SoundCloud. So we did f- okay. we recorded four demos, uh, yeah. me and Wes, uh, with, with Ash, and it was Free Blind Mice, Sea, sea Song. song. Um, and then we'd written Trainwreck by that point, but we'd not, we didn't decide to record it then. Yeah. Um, that sort of came into its own when we started playing with the band. It, well, I heard an old like iPhone recording of it. It sounded terrible. <laughs> Just from what it's gone from like that iPhone recording to hearing the album. I have to. That's a gorgeous in. song. I'll dig it out and like show song, like maybe mm. shows shows show you at some point. We should Just, do a podcast of just old iPhone recordings from different bands because like, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. there's probably so many like interesting weird little. Demos when you anywhere. when you've got something and you can imagine it how it is in your head and you show yeah. to someone this really terrible it's <laughs> not, not really quite worked out your harmonies or your yeah, parts yeah, yeah. yet but in your head you know like oh yeah. it's going to be like this it's and this there. and then you, then you show there. it to someone and they're just like look at you like yeah, yeah. not know what to say that's terrible it's great so you heard those songs. So you heard those songs, and yeah. and, and did, did did how so how did it grow from there then? How well, you, you had that. a sense of the band growing, yeah. Yeah, well, it kind of everything sort of ran away with us. Like we put those things on SoundCloud, and then I got a message from or Wes got a message from Darren Betts saying that he'd just heard Circles on Jersey like on a radio station in Jersey. Oh, really? And we were like, that's a bit weird. Where did that come from? No, no one had contacted us or told <laughs> us. But sure enough, they had actually started playing the record. And then Tom Girard started playing Seesong, wasn't it, originally? Yeah, and then it just went nuts. 
That's cool. <laughs> went nuts. That's great. Just, wow. uh, yeah. We were contacted. We not even had a. We discussed about putting a full band together, and we were contacted by Folklore Festival Jersey, to yeah. play there, and that had like Lee Scratch Perry, Van Morrison, Ray Davies, yeah, Joan Harbour Trading, Jake Bug when he'd just come out. Yeah, um, he was a newbie. Wow. Uh, Nouvel Vague were there, yeah. weren't oh, they? Amazing. And so we. <laughs> this is where Wes had just gone on honeymoon to uh, yeah, yeah. Australia. Yeah. So. <laughs> he basically, oh, basically weighing up of priorities here. <laughs> he um he basically came back two weeks before um this festival that we'd just been Oh no it wasn't, that was a few weeks after, it was the Jersey gig before, wasn't it? Yeah. We've supported Lloyd. But we that had two weeks one. to basically put the whole band together as a band. Yeah. So Seems like you do that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> while he, while wow. he was away, um, I sat down with the rest of the band and taught them the songs. And so. this was in Sark still? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, in a Tillis conservatory. There's, there's nothing like a gig to get a band <laughs> act together, right? Yeah. So, but yeah, we, we got the band, we got it all together in, in two weeks, I think, wow. with all five of us. Yeah. And That's I think amazing. the first band practice, was, I think it was the first time all five of us had, had been, been in, in, the room in the same room at the same time. time. <laughs> yeah, well. And then you were playing at Folklore. What was well, the first one? No, it was, um, we got given some really good shows to start off with. I don't know how, really. But um, Josh Flowers was on tour and he came to Stark and we supported him. And then we came back with him because he was playing in the Fairmain. So we supported him there. And uh, after that gig was really probably very shoddy, but after it, everyone uh, like it's shifty it's and you, people like that YouTube. one. Oh, is it? Really? Uh, yeah. yeah really. Uh, <laughs> With where so people need to type angry. into YouTube to find this? Um, Worst gig ever. <laughs> Worst gig ever. Uh, I think you'll find that Tantal comes up with that. <laughs> there's two videos. There's a video of Free Blind Mice and there's a video of Seasong on YouTube from that gig. And yeah. I've got like an old lady's hat on. <laughs> Literally an old lady's hat. Which um, I must say, you're looking fabulous in tonight. Yeah, you can have <laughs> worn some other clothes. Yeah. It's usually Graham that comes and uh, naked to these interviews. Uh, <laughs> Wes, Wes you was see sat his down. covering loads. Yeah. Wes was sat down. Sat down playing his chair. awful banjo. Um, and it, it's, 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 it's nothing like sitting down at a gig. It's 108 years old and there is nothing even remotely in tune about it. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> awful. <laughs> So yeah, we did the show and everybody seemed to, like as soon as we'd done it, uh, the Fairway were like, we, we've got to give you your own show, like straight off. And then I think the next week we went to Jersey and supported Lloyd Yates. And that was a funny, funny gig. I was in La Hoc, like upstairs, it's tiny and it was rammed full of people. I'm sure it was like Yeah, in a room that like holds about 60. It was ridiculous. But um in Guernsey, people kind of like got into it straight away, but in Jersey we played and they literally were just staring at us. Like there was a point where me and Richie were looking at each other and I was like, I don't think they're digging this. <laughs> <laughs> they were just sort of staring at us. <laughs> and you, and you, I bet you do, I know you, Ash, I bet you do that with a big smile as well. <laughs> but your eyes are completely, don't get it, don't get it. <laughs> abort, abort, abort. abort. <laughs> I don't think they'd ever heard a like seven four time signature before. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like well, we, uh, I, I remember of a son that just that song particularly. 
no one, there was like no emotion from anyone in the crowd. They were just staring at us. <laughs> and I was like, either they love this or they hate this. I'm pretty sure they hate this. <laughs> I'm going to go with the negative. Um, but no, they, that, they, they went down really well. Everyone loved it. And yeah, when we stopped and they kind of like... <laughs> They go then they went a bit mental, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, but they literally so it kind of sounds like they just didn't know what to do. They were just absorbing do. it. Yeah, <laughs> they were absorbing it and they, and they were entertained they, and they, they were they transfixed think, yeah. in some ways, but they didn't mm. know how to react. Yeah. Yeah. The scariest ones, though, it's like when you do sort of background music in a, in a bar or something and you think that no one's listening and there's no point of you being there and it really makes it worth it at the end when you just get a few people come up and just go, I really enjoyed that. That was really good. And then you go <laughs> yeah. to another gig, everyone's going mental, and then you walk outside and people have can't remember a single thing. They, <laughs> yeah, yeah. they were going mental and they couldn't remember any of the songs. It was all so sometimes it's nice having that yeah. like intense. Yeah, they were there, they enjoyed all the music, they really listened to it and Yeah. But you you do get that moment of I don't Thank know you. what's going on. <laughs> yeah, I really didn't know what they were thinking at all. Great poker faces. <laughs> Did you have a sense, though, that it was exciting? So when you were playing... I mean, you're I a musician, excited. so, you know, you've both been involved <laughs> in the world of music for a long time, up until this point. We haven't gone back into not origins not much. <laughs> no, 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 but, I mean, I, I mean, you haven't... With previous guests on Guernsey Gigs podcast, we've kind of, like, tried to chart, like, when it where the first spark was, but... You kind of hinted at that a bit. But did you have a sense that this band, the Rex, was something a bit special in as far as you were doing stuff that the audience would go, oh, that's different. It's, it's it's, the, I love that. It's the first band I've been in where there's like loads of girls go to. Normally it's just like sweaty men at the front. You know? So That's I was like, this we still have like, Henry. We still women, Henry. women come to our gigs. That was new for me. Like, and somewhat refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> There's girls there. You must be a rock star, right? <laughs> yes. Right. Yes. Yeah, right. I think that is the definition. <laughs> Uh, what is it then? Well, what what do you think it is? I mean, you you guys know music, so what do you think it is about the Rex that that makes it? I think it's because we were kind of like pulled through. We wrote some pretty odd music, and we kind of played it with the k with the sort of chaotic nature of a band that had been put together in two weeks with people <laughs> who barely knew each other. Yeah, and people kind of liked it. Like we were sort of like dragged along, really. Mm. Um, we didn't really have to sell ourselves, which is strange because normally you've got to kind of put yourself out there and people kind of take the a bit of time to go, yeah. yeah, okay. I like it. But it was like straight away, it was like they just wanted this and we had to kind of like run with it. So we were always kind of the sort of one step behind for like two years, weren't we? Just trying to write more stuff and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and just kind of like improve and improve and improve and get better shows because it just it just it was relentless for like three years and then we were like at Isle of Wight and we were at Boomtown it was just nuts yeah. it was always nuts being pulled along by this yeah. thing by the oh, next gig yeah. being pulled along by the next gig that's, and by that's the... a nice thing to have yeah Richie you, you were saying that it started with you and Wes were doing folk songs and Ashley kind of like joined as well and then it just got bigger and bigger yeah. but it, was there a sense that you both had that okay that's the band that's the sound yeah, um, yeah. so what was that um, I don't say everyone adds 
something to the band, don't they? And if they don't, then you might as well sack them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like dragging someone along. <laughs> that, that is some words of wisdom. Like that. To anyone that's got a band out there, just remember, if they're not adding anything, sack them. Uh, so, yeah, like originally like when we started, Barney's drumming style, he's a very scatty drummer. He's a big like, fan of like um, Ginger Baker and he loves John mm. Bonham, so he, but yeah, definitely like the Ginger Baker side in him. He's very unpredictable. Uh, when I first, I played in bands with him before and I first played with him as a bass player, I struggled. And then <laughs> I learned that if you just kind of, sometimes you just have to shut him out for a minute and he'll do something absolutely mental but he'll always come back in on time and it'll sound amazing just yeah, don't yeah. panic and Attila was just a really solid really solid bass player he wrote the bass lines like he wrote in the band were always brilliant yeah, like, yeah they were he just knew like exactly what to do like kind of what his role was mm. um, and Ash is kind of Holding like a knife we, at your throat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be careful, eh? Um, when, no, like, when, when we, we, we had a practice without Ash, I mean, that's when I first really realised, it just sounded really flat. And, like, Ash comes in and he kind of, like, emphasises the bits that need to be emphasised. He kind of adds, he makes everything bigger. It's just, like, without without all of that, the, the songs, they're good, but they're just kind of... They're not, everything they're, not, they're not great. Yeah, it's just, he's, he's the icing and the cherry on the yeah. cake, you know. Cheers, um, he's, he's He knows when, Keep to, he knows when to shut up as well, which is really yeah, important. Yeah, extremely important. I think that's one yeah. of the biggest things, and you, you don't just think, oh, I have to be involved every second of everything. So when you do, do emphasise things or do things, harmonise, do your trumpet, it's re- it has a real big impact, and it's, yeah. It's funny you saying that, as you were describing that, I've just been listening to the Beats from the Sea, so uh, the album, which is finally being released, um, and I can hear all those individual parts, I can hear, I I know what you mean, do you know what I mean, guys? It's kind of, well, you can hear the individuality of each member of the band, that it makes a whole to, so it's yeah. that greater than some of the parts but there is such individuality for each of those parts it yeah. really adds to a whole thing so how did you find like uh, transitioning to having new members because you've had a new drummer a new guitarist and a new bassist as well yeah, so what was drummer first before. yeah yeah so how was it yeah. Barney left at the end of was it 2015 2014 something like that we, uh, then <coughs> Moxie must have been 2014 then Moxie came in, the, the, mm. our, our drama, current drummer. She's got um, quite a different style of drumming, quite yeah, sort of like punky, yeah. solid. I think she she helped. Um, I think she helped kind of shore things up a bit more. She definitely. It's did. definitely there's slightly less chaos <coughs> in her drumming, but mm. there's definitely she's a much more kind of helped lock things together a bit more lock in certain ways. Yeah. yeah, and as a personality, she kind of keeps everyone in a bit more of a. Yeah. Zen place. Yeah, it did get a bit. Personalities make a big difference as well in the band. Every new member that's come in has kind of helped calm off stage. Because off stage, we we were just a massive, massive train wreck. 
Really? Yeah. Oh, let's talk about Can we pause the new band for a second for hearing some <laughs> examples of why? What was going on there? Um I don't want to go into too much, to be honest. There's stuff I, I won't go into, but wow. just, just like, firmly by Just saying that is enough. There's um there's I think everyone was in quite bad places in their personal lives at time. Um Yeah. And there was the band was a lot of pressure on everyone and there's a lot of fallouts. Um some of them more physical than others, some of them more verbal than others. Um, but yeah, so it was, there was. This is really, oh, this is really fun. understandable. Yeah, yeah, this is how yeah, like, yeah. Um, you do. If Bar- yeah. well, go for it, go for it. Just when Barney, when Barney left, I think that summer, I think. Um, yeah. He he was he left perf- he 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 left at a perfectly good time and he he did it in a really good way which is, yeah, yeah which is good but he he kind of three months notice and uh, it's yeah. the end of the yeah. summer he's like we've yeah. got no more gigs now and I'm I'm leaving I'm done um yeah I'm done which it, is fair actually like me and Gemma watched the uh, documentary she did maybe two weeks ago and I've not seen it since we actually yeah. viewed it. Um, when she first finished it and Barney said when she asks Barney about um, what it's like to be in a band on such a small island he says about um, living like in each other's pockets he's like it can be quite tough at times (laughs) you know like living in each other's pockets but also you know there are the good things as well and actually I kind of never really noticed that part of the interview like the first time I watched it but now like Makes Four sense. years down the line, you suddenly I'm like, oh yeah. And you find that with <laughs> bands anyway. If you're not in, you feel that you're not in the right space on a personal level, and you spend so much time together because you guys like, you had all these shows, you've been throw, thrown through everything. We lived in the like, same house. <laughs> you're living in the same wow. place, all like really. Uh, me, me, Ash and Barney lived in the same. So house. that yeah. pressure, and it's such an intimate thing, I think, as well. You're sharing your songs, and you know, if someone doesn't quite. Resp- you, you, when you're you're sharing that personal side of your songs mm. with other people, and you might I don't know maybe you think they they mean more to you than someone else if someone doesn't do it quite right, and then you're already on that under that tension. I think yeah, it's very easy to things. to sort of that, that happened, resent that each other. Gordon, like I always think, you respect the songwriter. You don't just go and start doing what you want over someone else's song. I had a few moments in recording like that. It's mm. like, come on, hang on a minute. Like, hang <laughs> on, <laughs> that's my song. Yeah, it's, yeah, in a, in a polite way, just yeah. be like, who the fuck do you think you are? But, <laughs> <laughs> I, I've also learned as well, like writing songs mm. for, for our band as well, you also, as a songwriter, you have to be a little bit humble about letting, letting trusting your, your band to do what is right for the song as well and not, uh, you know, handing over something that's quite personal to a band and like letting them have a go at it is is quite scary. Like yeah. you know, being like I've spent ages working on this and now you're tearing it apart and doing stuff with it. You've either got to just let let them have at it or like dictate. And I yeah. I've never found that went down very well. If you there's, know what I mean, there's the happy medium. Yeah. Of let 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 people. <clears throat> sometimes you you can have things in your head and someone will come along and put a drum beat that you didn't expect. Yeah, and you're like, 
that's brilliant um, or it can be the other way around where they yeah. put a drum beat band and, and it, there's no way that's ever happening uh, yeah <laughs> it, 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 come, yeah. it comes down to when you have a difference the songwriter you should respect that it's their song so if you say to someone you know I think this and they say well I don't think this you can argue about it for a bit but at the end of the day you've got to go well it's your song um you know, you Let them the, play it and then say, I still think my idea is better than mine. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, mine. You, <laughs> Greg's been doing, like, he does a lot of solo stuff, but he's come in as a new member of the band and he's written two songs. So, like, how did you find that? Um, I think it's, I thought it was really exciting to be back with the band with what you guys are writing and what I heard before is you've got complete, complete freedom in the sense of, um, it was a lot more I mean, the very first real band I was in Gus and Gus was probably a lot more similar to the Rex kind of stuff where there was that freedom in writing when you do like the solo stuff you've got almost a persona and the folk things and it's all very yeah. personal and it's all very um, uh, very deep and stuff and then you do other things with other bands and you can't deviate too much from that whereas I think with the Rex there's 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 none of that. There is a sort of sound that's there, and some songs might not make it in, but there's a complete freedom to to write anything and to to take on different personas. It's almost like very Tom Waitsy type writing. I always think it's sort of this yeah. just nonsense, and you can invent some characters that that don't exist, or, or that you might you know you can research something completely different like that Parisian Stupa song and everything. I mean, part of it is personal because I think all music is slightly personal. Yeah. But, you can really sort of go an extra mile in that character um, than on, on the personal stuff. Probably. That's the whole, like, Rex thing is kind of building characters. Yeah. Personas, um, building, like, stories. And so, yeah, you don't, don't always... It's like it's not every song's kind of personal. Mm. You might sing from a point of view, but it's like you can just create characters, create personas, create situations and, and, and write from that. <laughs> Did you start... Were a real instrument, or were you a bassist to start? <gasps> oh! oh it's that one at some point anyway. Let me drop no, that. I, I started with a real instrument. And then uh, you went to bass instrument. <laughs> rolling with it, so rolling with it. I was playing, playing guitar. It's okay. Um, and basically, I think I was about six, 16. Um, I'd sort of been in a few bands, and what I wanted to do, having to compromise just to be in a band, I was doing my head in. I used to go down and watch Paisley play, a uh, band I later joined, and I just used to harass uh, Paul. <laughs> Paisley, just be like, I want to be in your band, I want to be in your band, I'll be your rhythm guitarist. He's like, I don't want a rhythm guitarist. So it's like, we, I want to be your, like, in your band. <laughs> I will be your rhythm guitarist. Sorry, I, Paul, you don't understand how this works. <laughs> you have no choice about this. I'm going to wear you down. <laughs> so I basically heard that the bass player, um, I think I owned a bass at that point. I heard that bass player had left or was sacked, I'm not really sure um, what happened. So I just made sure I knew um, a lot of the songs they played and we were down a jam night and I was just like, I'll play bass with you. <laughs> so we did like, we did some songs and um, yeah. And then Paul was like, oh, do you know this? As we finished playing, do you know this song and that song? And I was like, yeah, of course I do. And um, which I did. You had been stalking. <laughs> I, 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 I did. Um, so yeah, I just become their bass player out of just 
pure determination to be in that band. I became a bass player, and I'm still in that band now. And that was 17 years ago. Wow. Um, and but I've played guitar in uh, I played guitar in the original Surf and Birds lineup. I actually oh, really? was the uh, rhythm guitarist in a band with Paul. <laughs> <laughs> That's Paul Sharad from the Surfing yeah, Birds. Paul Sharad from the Surf and Birds. And the Surfing and Birds. The surfing birds. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, <laughs> He'll so, be over soon. Yeah. He'll be over rock again. Playing at, um, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Great. Um, yeah, really good friends of ours. So. Um, that's, yeah, that's how I ended up playing bass, and then uh, started playing guitar again in bands. I think I was about twenty-four. And you weren't a singer before the Rex, really? No. Much. You were I couldn't like, sing to save my life. Uh, I started. Well, you sound like high pitch falling down. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> I I started trying to sing at about twenty-four. Um, I just go down the apartment and just sing my heart out to the world when no one could hear me constantly, and I slowly got a bit better. Yeah, yeah. I, I probably should have like been more sensible and practice scales <laughs> and stuff and become a good singer quickly. But I had no power in my voice. Mm. Like my guitar playing would drown my voice out, but now my voice can drown my guitar playing out. So, but it took a long, long time. Again, this being pulled along by the band thing. So yeah. presumably you had to up your game. I, like I every time, I wasn't meant to be the sort of front man or the one in the middle. It was meant to be Wes. It was his kind of idea, but um, that void kind of opened up where like no one was kind of really taking that that role on. Um, and it's sort of, I terif- I think I was writing most of the lyrics anyway. I was trying to get Wes, um, we, we wrote a lot together, but I was trying to get him to sing a lot of the parts mm. that I sing and he wasn't really interested. So I suddenly become singing more and more, mm. which is weird because my voice at the beginning wasn't that great, was it? And I had you, it was that, I had you on the right <laughs> <laughs> and Wes on the left, who are both are like phenomenal singers. And mm. somehow I sort of stepped into this role <laughs> of being like, I'm the main singer in the band. <laughs> and I think I was like, I was the probably the fourth best singer. Barney was a better singer than me, definitely. Never Barney. Uh, he's a good, he's a really good singer. So yeah, I was the fourth best singer in the band out of five. Wow. Um, you mean Attila wasn't... I'd never heard him sing. He's got a much of an angel. I could have been the fifth best singer. This sense of being pulled along and yeah. and um, having to step up to the opportunity that's presented yeah. to you. Yeah. Um, so we talked a bit about Barney leaving. What was it like then when other members of the band... So I'm thinking particularly Attila and Wes, because well, we, especially they, the Wes you were talking about. They kind of... Um, we, we, we were at a point where I, I sent an email out at the beginning of the year saying if certain things don't change and I am going to leave, which they hadn't changed. So I was in that sort of situation anyway of leaving and then those two made a really stupid decision which really impacted on whether the band could carry on or not without consulting anyone and it just basically rendered us it, it impossible to carry on anyway. Yeah. Um, so the band split up. I, I kind of I left knowing that I'm not going to waste time because this is just not going to work anymore. So I, I technically I left, but um, it was it was impossible. And I did offer say you can carry on without me. Any song I've written that's on record is a Rex song. Any song I've co-wrote with anyone that's not on record is a Rex song. 
but obviously they didn't and we split for it was over a year wasn't it yeah a year and then I basically didn't play music for anything for a year didn't do just... did you just stand in a room by yourself <laughs> not doing anything in a big square room <laughs> no I was, I was really ill at the time so I was just kind of I just kind of like preoccupied with that um, trying to like yeah Sort well. my sort my kind of health out and that really, and just I was put off music by that point completely, <laughs> and then wanted to get a band back together again, which wasn't going to be the Rex, uh, so I contacted <coughs> Ash. Um, just I couldn't imagine being in a band with anyone other than Ash. He just like I. <laughs> That's so beautiful. <laughs> but he's he's uh, he's honestly he's, su- he's such a uh, he's such a like. Uh, amazing member to have in a band um, yeah um, then obviously Moxie was an obvious choice there was three members of the Rex already um, and then our manager I spoke to him and he's like why are you forming a new band like why do you just I wasn't told that it was going to be the Rex tour. I think it was Ray Charles Manson was as a name that I had heard floating about. Before. It was. We Ray st- Charles we, Manson. We, we, we still have the Facebook page. Uh, Par- we actually <laughs> made it. The and Parliament then, of Ravens was going to be. Parliament of Ravens. We were going we to. Um, so yeah. yeah. I hate the Rex. I think it's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good name, but it's quite hard to to search. If you know what I mean, like Googleability is quite an important factor mm-hmm. in the band. I said that from the beginning. We didn't think anyone was going to Google us. I'm saying at the beginning. Yeah. I would have got, if I knew that the Rex was going to become what the Rex is, yeah. I would have got a much better name. I think the Rex is kind of catchy. But I remember yes. being in the pub after meeting up with you, Richie, talking about this sort of new project as such, which was at the time the idea of Ray Charles Manson or something. And I, I think you had just left and I'd stayed on. I was with a, a friend of mine who had this some um, very weird person with him some Scottish lady and we got talking and we talked about the name Rachel's man and she went on for a good half an hour insulting me about how it was such a shit name <laughs> <laughs> and I was like I, don't know, I didn't even bring this up like once I think oh yeah we're just talking I thought what's the band I said oh we're not sure someone was talking about Rachel's Manson type thing or something and she just went on to go on about that was awful <laughs> and then tried to sing me her lyrics very drunkly and very badly to some of her songs for another half an hour after that it's one of those situations you can't leave from. <laughs> That's like my idea of hell. Absolute <laughs> hell. So, yeah. so anyway, that t- turned into the Rex. <laughs> it? it was like yeah. the Rex Mark Three by that point. Well, when, uh, yeah, when, when you joined and I was like, oh, we need to find a bass player. And you were like, I know a bass player. Yeah. You were like, I will warn you, he's French and quite weird. Mm-hmm. He's, oh, he's, he's so not weird. Player. He's so not weird. He's, he's a brilliant. lovely, lovely he man. He is lovely. He's, he's he not is weird lovely. at all. No, 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 we're talking about their bases. Odd. You've met him. Right? <laughs> I know. I, I <laughs> okay. met Nathan. Nathan and, and the fantastic thing about Nathan, of course, I mean, a bit like you, but actually, you didn't, you know, that you, you dabbled with different instruments. Nathan started as a as a percussionist. Yeah, yeah. Nathan is one of the most talented percussionists I've ever played with and ever met. And then picked up the bass. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and he learned playing such on such an ear. A fretless. He learned trying to annoy yeah, teachers playing his pen on the table. Five string fretless. Wasn't and it? he was only playing for about I don't think he was even playing for years. We'd been playing he'd been playing double bass with me for probably at that time about six months or so. And he had only just picked up the double bass seven months before and only started really playing bass 
six months or so before I started with the band. Yeah. Um, we know each other previously in, in like growing up in France and stuff, but he was part of a slightly different crew <laughs> to the gang I was <laughs> hey, around. You both lovers, man. Cool kids. We we were briefly lovers, but it was two different families, two different crews. One of you um, had to take. It was a Shakespearean moment. <laughs> <owner, laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah. The French, the Capulets. I was a pub goer. Uh, he used to drink outside the, the back of a car. <laughs> it was. We just we it was were never meant to be. It was never meant to be. Yeah. It's a dark place, but a dark time. And we so, found love. So how is the Rex now then with this with this new lineup? How, how's it tension. feeling in, in, in as far as writing new songs and. That kind of thing. Yeah, we've 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 not been writing enough to be honest, have we? No. Well, we've been we've written a fair amount. We just haven't practiced like hardly yeah. any of it. It's or we've stuck songs in and then done them like twice and then kind of like pulled them and then moved on to something else. We've never really kind of like. But I mean, the two the two that that Greg has written and have just kind of got slid straight in there and they're like you know they're bangers. So okay, cool. Yeah, and Richie's so probably put like Generally, maybe another what is, four. What is the way the Rex we, write, write for people that are thinking about writing songs? Uh, originally, the first four months we were together, um, it was mostly me and me and Wes writing, and then Wes basically stopped wanting to write anymore. I I, we, I wrote Low Life with you, yeah, and then it was basically unless I wrote. A song and managed to get people to practice and rehearse there wouldn't be new songs for years um <laughs> and it, it wasn't uh, after like the after 2012 i think it was like july 2012 yeah, yeah it was, that was the first time we kind of wrote with with wes again we didn't write for years i only wow. think they made it into the set so with greg coming in writing ash has got a song we've we've been rehearsing now it's actually this is the first time i've not been involved in actually writing music there's there's people sort of how do you feel about that i love it i think it's great yeah, cool. <laughs> it, it, it's it, nice to have other people do the work I, yeah? as long as like as long as the songs are good enough you yeah, know yeah, yeah. like not gonna just I'm, I'm i'm not just gonna say oh yeah you've got a song you can that could go in the band because mm. you've written one it has to be good enough mm, yeah i should say there's that kind of um someone takes the lead someone writes a song and they come up and they bring and propose a song and they've got the idea people can add to that and do something. The main singer's got the end decision whether or not the full band has got the decision whether or not that song is good enough to be in there. Yeah. But um, everyone adds and it's that lead singer that sort of takes that lead that, that mm. takes that song from the beginning to the end and everyone just kind of puts in a little bit. Yeah. There was inputs from people and ideas and things. But you've got to take that lead. I think that's really important in, in bands in general. I think when you're when you're leading, it's like the leader has to get to the end. If it becomes too much of a committee, then you start not enjoying the songs anymore because mm -hmm. it's been so dispersed from the original idea that mm. the person that wrote it sometimes doesn't always. And then sometimes it can be the other way around. I mean, I haven't encountered that myself, but um, well, we've got quite an, um, <clears throat> an easy method in our band. We've got three people. Um, and there's always a three-way vote for whether something works or not. So like, it's quite easy to write songs because y you try it once and then everyone's like, 
yeah, yeah or no, and like it's, yeah. all, it's always yeah, going to yeah. be one way or the other. So. And you can't remember it's... too much Bond stuff because it goes on for like <laughs> twenty minutes. Yeah, no, so really it's like, cares. was that good? That first five minutes of the song, God knows. <laughs> God only. That was days ago. <laughs> one one thing I hoped I was excited about was actually spending more time to write together because I I did a little bit of writing with Greg. Um, at your flat when we yeah we did together, quite a bit at the beginning I, like, I think we can do some really good stuff together mm. and lyrically it was like really kind of like I was having to be at the top of my game when we were writing together and we were just kind of like really kind of bouncing off each other mm. as well and I have that kind of relationship with Ash as well like especially like lyrically and things and we've not had the time to spend enough time together which is which is sad really. we said at the beginning yeah. that sort of idea of playing with musicians that are are better with you and when you mentioned earlier like being a part of the new band that was the game i if you're a solo writer which i was doing for a long time and and, and the previous bands i was the solo writer that's it's my idea and the band playing behind to then suddenly come in when you're with other writers is a whole different ball game it's like you the you have to push yourself so much more and think so much more about your lyrics because yeah. you, there is a small amount of competition there to to sort of but you want to be better because you want to you don't want to feel like you're un, not as good or or you want to be giving out good ideas and things like that yeah. and it's also very difficult I think um, some people know but some people won't know the wrecks and know the situation but a lot of people that might be listening don't know that the Ash you still live in Sark yeah um Richie, you bounce back and forth in the UK. Now, now the band mainly is all Guernsey based because be, between yeah. myself and Moxie and um, Nathan, we're all based in Guernsey, but we still have people on different islands. I mean, Three when you're in the UK yeah. and you drive two hours to meet your band, there's a difference between that and not being able to see the band because it's too foggy. It's a whole different different way of working I think and and uh, how, how do you how do you get across that how do you uh, how do you write songs and play together when you're completely different places well there, there was a there was a moment a few years back where it cost me 160 quid I had to get two trains an aeroplane a bus a ferry <laughs> jump on the back of a tractor and then walk the rest of the way with my gear um, just to get to a band practice <laughs> and, um yeah, there was a moment then I was thinking... Excuses, excuses. Everyone was drunk. Like, has anyone like, gone from this much like, effort and like, cost to actually get... And the it? band was still sitting around going, he's late, he's late again. <laughs> yeah. I know, I was... I You're was probably the one on time compared yeah. to the rest of the band. Yeah. <laughs> that is extraordinary length. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's difficult. So when we, when we are together... We, we try and cram in as many practices as we can. Yeah. You've got to uh, condense stuff. And, and quite often it's like, this is where like the, the kind of writing is kind of, we've got so, there's so many ideas, there's so much creativity within the band, but we're not allowed, like we don't have a lot of time to, no. I think, you know. Then you I, get to well, so we can, Sorry, can I ask you a question? Ash, I mean, so yeah. you've, you've got a song for the band. Uh, is that, um, is that have you got a really strong idea about what that song is? Have you written like all of the parts and then you're presenting it to the band, or have you got like? I know how I want how it, it to, um, for for the most part, know how I want it to sound. Um, so how have you communicated that to them? 
No, not yet. Okay. Well, because I kind of wanted to see what they were going to do with it first, just okay. to see what came out of it. And then, actually, I think I'd rather kind of sit down and do it acoustically. Yeah. And then and then get the ideas from there. It's I find it a lot easier to do it that way around. Like so when we were first in uh, that's what we were doing. Like Barney, even our drummer, just had like that djembe that that thing, and then um, the fun thing. Yeah, it was like a gem. It wasn't a djembe though, was it? It was what? like metal and. Oh yeah, yeah. So he was like, using that. Uh, yeah, something like that. Like Japan. Band. So he was he was and doing all those He was using uh, one of those, and Attila had an acoustic bass, and you know everything is kind of like you can hear all of the parts, all yeah. the intricacies and things like that. Like when you just kind of go into a room and then it, everything is loud, it's really difficult to kind of like pick out the parts yeah. properly yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's... I'd rather do it like that so I, it, I just wanted to hear what it would what, so, what so have, have you played that to them then have you played your song to them I've played it yeah. to them yeah, and yeah, how yeah, have yeah. you played it to them I, I played acoustic guitar, guitar. Yeah, 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 I played okay it. so acoustic guitar yeah okay I've and and well, vocals. Richie's guitar probably actually and the vocal the line as well yeah yeah okay yeah, yeah. All right, and nice. then uh, basically kind of see where it goes and try and explain the the basic sort of structure of it I recorded it and emailed it so they have that but it would be good okay. to just be able to sit down and kind of like put it con- and construct it nice you know deconstruct it and reconstruct it yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that before in in bands I don't know if you guys have done it with Tantal or other bands I I I think it's one of those things that's really good to go back to and we were saying it today is practice in the room with all your with all your gear and everything's really loud and all the drums but it's always nice to strip that all back again and really hear because as soon as you're playing through especially in 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 rehearsal rooms i mean we're we're all on the podcast we've had people and we're all um from professionals to semi-pros to people who just like play in their basement and we don't have the rehearsal spaces like some people or the sound quality and often sound practice is Mm. just around ear defenders and trying to hear <laughs> yeah, yeah. and you've got to put an amp somewhere like today the amp was on top of the bass sound so the drummer can hear it but I have to turn around because it's too much feedback because I forgot my strap and all this <laughs> this stuff that makes sound really difficult yeah and to strip that all back and really hear what the guitar part is playing essentially as soon as it goes through those amps you can't hear that intricacy and always from time to time I think that's really good to yeah mm. I, I think it helps that. to tighten things up when you yeah. can hear the absolute rhythm and where that note lies without that feedback, without any um, kind of uh, any sort of added fuzz or <laughs> distortion or that, anything that's how, you know? that's how we've always done it like yeah we, we're, we're a bit of practice and someone's got an idea and we jam it out and it's really good to hear just how the people take sound. to it or something yeah. if you've got a bit so of time so the pure sound that. really bringing the volume uh, down you're talking about bringing but, the volume yeah, yeah, down yeah, yeah. here and the yeah. richness of the acoustic instruments we, we yeah. generally yeah. Like, we'd always okay. do it acoustically um, so normally I'd sit down with Wes and we'd sort it out from there then Ash would come in we sort it out of Ash and we'd take it to Attila and to Barney so gradually uh, layering so things up, yeah, isn't it? Bring, yeah. bring, and the more you layer, the more volume you can add because that practice as well of being used to that sound. Yeah. Before you do a show, if you only practice acoustic and suddenly you hit the stage, your ears aren't going to be used to it. You're it's just, just going to go... You, know, you, set, you send one of those like terrible iPhone recordings to the mm-hmm. rest of the band. <laughs> yeah, like this new song, you're like, oh, okay. Because <laughs> yeah. like you said earlier, you can, you can, you can present a sound 
uh, but it's so much more in your head you can hear mm. the harmonies you yeah. can hear the different yeah, yeah. parts and it's communicating that to other people so it's interesting that you're actually only um, three fifths of you are on on one island and the other two of you have to travel to yeah. to actually record and I'm I know here, that like, all of the time looking at uh, <laughs> looking <laughs> Facebook recently I know Richie that you've been on an island for a while yeah. recently because of obviously the album launch and the gigs and stuff yeah. and you it seems like you've been making the most of it in as far as you're going out to like unplugged nights and you're just playing you're just making yeah. the most of playing and that must be fun to you're kind of do that yeah, yeah. to get out there and do that and, and but what's that like for you as a band being separated and, and, and knowing that a collaborative approach to songwriting is so important but you've got this pressure of the fact you live somewhere else what was that like it's shit okay so you'd like things to change in some way yeah, yeah. you'd like I'd to be like in the room to move over it. <laughs> I've, got, I've got i've got a girlfriend here i've got a band here it makes sense for me to live here doesn't it yeah. it does really yeah 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 when i moved over here and i wasn't part of the band at all and i heard about the rex and all these things and I was discovering the Guernsey music scene I was like this is amazing there's loads of stuff on and before I'd heard the Rex I heard and there's the band from Sark <laughs> oh that's yeah. the Sarky band this is the Sark and it went on and I kept on hearing about this Sarky band and this thing and this buzz I'm like I've got it and I went to Sark for the first time and discovered Sark and everything and that's been a, a, almost a a point, a selling point, especially over here in the Channel Islands as well. People yeah. love it. They love the idea of this like band from Sark. They love the practice in a cafe. The practice in a cafe. I mean, it's 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 not every band, and I just, I think that it's quite important. Some people might disagree. I don't know what you think, but that a certain space to create really makes a huge difference. Like creating in the right place, yeah, makes a big difference to your writing, your performance, everything, it will inspire what you do. What do you guys think? Did you, do you need yeah. somewhere special to write your songs? Do you need a uh, right space I, of I, mind? I, or? Space of mind, yeah, definitely. Um, I think when I first moved to Sark, someone actually said to me, oh, you must find it so, um, so inspiring being here as a musician, you must be writing loads. I was like, nope, not writing a single thing since I've been here. <laughs> And I just joked, I said, what I need is my, my girlfriend to run off with one of my mates. That'll give me some inspiration. Anyway, like, two weeks later, that happened. <laughs> <laughs> just, it was just a passing comment of it that happened to come true. But wow. then I hit the most creative spell uh, musically for, I think I was about 22 or something. Most mm. creative spell musically I, I've had in ages. I was ah. devastated. Out um, of great adversity time. comes great. You were devastated yeah. when you finally got over the breakup and you couldn't write anymore. Oh, uh, no. You devastated. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's the thing. I had a bit of a weird one after that. Once I kind of got better and I was like, oh, my creativity's sort of gone again. So I deliberately had this spell of... Uh, trying to like fall in love with the completely wrong type of people um, so like, I met this like this uh, why this... did he look at you then actually? <laughs> I, I have no idea I, um, so I met this like this really really nice girl that was like a psychiatrist I was like that's like she was lovely we got on really well with friends and I thought oh that's gonna that's never this is never gonna last but 
I'm never going to be I'm mad again. I'm totally going to fucking go for this and it, I'm going to fall in love with her. She's going to realise I'm much more mental than she realised when she first met me. <laughs> it's going to end and then I'm going to be creative again. This is, <laughs> this is foolproof. Um... <laughs> This is a true story. And okay, perfect plan. Sits things like that, and so I, I kind of deliberately just went. Fall in love with a fish, and it's good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I can fall in love with a fish. I, 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 I can definitely fall in love with this girl, and she is going to definitely leave me yeah. in, in in at some point. Um, so yeah, I found that like you know headspace is like where you're at. Because that was a great question by Greg, because it was about the environment of, of of writing songs, whether it's a physical environment, whether it's a social environment, whether it's an internal environment. So mm-hmm. you know, whether it's the place that you live. So Ashley was saying about starry skies and you know Sarks just being an amazing step out of time in some ways. And I very, can't write uh, very about nature. Stuff like that, though. <laughs> no, 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 no. But, but, but there's a great pause to it, though, isn't there? Yeah. Or whether it's about a um, a relationship breakup and uh, an emotional time, yeah. or or maybe it's something not, going yeah, go, not, uh, going on inside. Not all the songs I wrote were about being like, no. uh, like being heartbroken. No, so but it's about ninety percent of them. Most, yeah. <laughs> I think that's like. So I don't know. It's a weird place with. Like, I think like depressive people are normally quite creative, and when you look at a lot of creative people, they're mm. very depressed. Yeah. we've touched on this. In the first yeah, we've yeah, yeah, we talked yeah. about this a lot. I mean, I, I, it, it's a theme that 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 comes up a lot in as far as musicians when they're expressing something. It's generally it's because it's cathartic in some ways. It's yeah, because yeah. it's something giving out. Um, and I hope you don't mind me asking, but I know that you've had quite a few health problems, and I wonder yeah. if that's influenced your your musicianship in some ways. Um, the arthritis has influenced it right? <laughs> <laughs> sometimes. Oh, um, really so, had that. Uh, so yeah, um, I have periods where I can't play guitar, uh, but I'm have had periods. I've I'm generally have most of that under control done our first tour I couldn't drink because I had a blood clot and I was on Wolfrin Jesus uh, Christ <laughs> um, it's just like yeah so it's, I don't think it's really inspired me writing though um, okay I think it's... it has a I think uh, one thing I, I did learn was um, it can affect me physically and mentally and mm. since I've been on medication which is treating it I the me- my mental state is completely improved. They're not antidepressants; they're immune suppressants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's all about like uh, inf- inflammation, which yeah. they think a lot of depression is actually quite possibly due to inflammation, not psychological. Which is a really fascinating thing at the moment. A lot of the medication yeah. treats both, doesn't it? Um, so that was just a that was just a a. Um, a positive side effect from my treatment that my mental state improved yeah, you know, my yeah. creativity mm. suffered from that <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I've noticed I've definitely really? noticed yeah. yeah it's really good to hear that you found some st- stability there in some ways yeah, yeah. Um, coming to Guernsey before I moved here when you move to a place I find that sometimes you go over and you write so changing your destination going somewhere go- visiting going on holiday and I, that idea of being away somewhere where you can completely relax and you don't have the day-to-day activity the work that's constantly going yeah. on that gives you space so that you can write you've got time to write and yeah, i had a very yeah, good professor yeah. like um a french teacher who was a um, philosophy teacher as well that said that most creativity comes from boredom 
and that he thought that some of his kids at the back of the room weren't doing anything, he just got bored. And part of school was about being bored. Wow. And how, as they got bored, kids became creative. Mm. And so suddenly, because they were bored, they were building uh, these rockets <laughs> to throw on the ceiling with, like, made out of ink cartridges and things that were really creative sort mm. of devices to annoy the rest of the class. But that was part of school. That was that creativity coming through. That was that boredom. That was that having that time. And in our day-to-day it's lives... It's a pause to contemplate, really, isn't it? Yes, that is yeah. There's been quite a lot of studies, actually, for um, the, whole, the whole fact that uh, everyone's got entertainment constantly now. A lot of people aren't bored anymore. You know, mm. you've got always got your phone to distract you or some something to distract a you. A podcast or... Yeah. And, and, and a lot of people don't sit there and let themselves get bored, so a lot of people aren't being as creative as they were, and it's quite important to actually sit there and get in that boredom state to actually produce yeah. things so that you, you've actually let your mind wander and think and be creative. So you creative. walk around creative departments yeah. in advertising and everyone's just looking at the ceiling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I need to do that. People don't ponder. No, what do you mean, no. just what do you mean that you need to do that? To be bored, mm. to be sort of creative. Because I I, t- I spend pretty much most of my life trying to fill to keep my mind occupied with things. Absolutely, so I think a lot of people all do. of the time. It's, quite, it's natural. You you people uh, inflict pain on themselves over being bored. Yeah, like they people do not want to be bored, but it's it's an important state to be in to let yeah. your brain think through things and like, come up with ideas do. and like it's too just, many places to be. Yeah. So how does that affect you as a as a, as a musician? Uh. Well, I, t- I tend to try and hold as much back as possible. My bre- like, I try. I can't read books, for example. I just can't do it. If I spend more than sort of two seconds, I can paint. My brain starts working, and being inside my head is a very peculiar place to be. Like, I almost think I'm maybe stuck, sort of semi permanently in some kind of trip. <laughs> so like I tend to try and keep myself occupied, so I'm not in there. But if I stop, and then I then generally. Thing, good things happen mm. but wow. it's, I have to kind of do it in very small doses otherwise I think I'd probably go insane mm. why did you move to Sark then because that sounds in absolute opposite of, I can't no, surely work. you should be in in in, in the city London and you that, know, that's just bores me surrounded by loads of activities yeah but I, there's nothing that holds my attention in big places like that like in Sark like I will build dry stone walls or I will teach people how to drive horses and carriages I'm always doing something so the, always I'm sorry so, so, so the, for you Ash that sounds like using your hands you I need to, to do, do like practical physically things. and yeah. physically practical things yeah um, all of the time uh, otherwise yeah I go crazy so it's not just about, about being so it's not just about occupying your mind it's about occupying your whole body yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and being active physically yeah. active and doing something constructive yeah even like m- repetitive things are just the best like that kind of like that almost state, meditative yeah, sure. state so that's perfect has that always been you yeah has that always been you yeah even from a little kid, you kind of like noticed that you were really active. You were really busy on. Yeah, on, yeah. On I've always stuff been like this. Yeah. My mum will tell you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nightmare. You only sleep like four hours a day. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to end up with narcolepsy. I think I'm actually getting it. Like I just switch off. Wow. It's I'm completely not, I've out. You switching I'm so off. I just go off, and, and the then like in only. like an hour, I'm just 
I'm alive again. It's really weird. Sitting in the tent speaking to you in Ordinary when we were on, uh, we were playing Ordinary Week over there and we were sharing booths in the tent and I thought, well, Ash is going to keep me company tonight. (laughs) I turned out, I remember talking about something and then turning around (laughs) to Ash and saying something and it was just nothing, nothing there. (laughs) it was almost like two seconds ago. Hey, yeah, so, so yeah, 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 yeah. And um, so, how's the rest? <laughs> what? No information. Are you dead? <laughs> I've never known anyone that can go to sleep so quickly. Like when we lived in Sark together, we'd, we'd like go to bed at the same time. There's two nuts together. There's two separate, <laughs> two separate staircases. Okay. God, everyone in this seems to be sharing. Right? It's uh, a safe spot. We shared many a beds, but we didn't when we were at home. Uh, <laughs> so we had different staircases, but our rooms had a, what's it called? A wall, shared wall. And by the time, like, we go upstairs same so time. living in a brothel. Before, before, I'd even, like, before I'd even got into bed, I could hear him snoring. Like, wow. I'm going to probably lie for an hour trying to <laughs> And it just annoys me even more because he's just like... <laughs> and I can hear it through the wall. But, you know, but, but, but what you're saying is you, you only do four hours and then you're awake again. Yeah, and then, for another so you do like like couple of days. Super power nap and then you're awake for... It's yeah. the perfect musician to be with. Wow, he is, yeah. That is like the perfect technique <laughs> on top. Being able to sleep anywhere <laughs> is a number one <laughs> trick for any musician, I think. I, I, you get used to it. Like park benches. Yeah. In vans, anywhere. If you can fall asleep anywhere, then musician is the right job for you. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So true. If you have difficulties, like poor old Nathan, then you need you to be reconsidering. Hey. Oh god, no. Why couldn't you fall asleep in Weymouth? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. It's another story. Oh, okay. It's okay. Oh, we went when we were on tour. We did something really stupid really stupid what did you do we stayed up all night doing narcotics and then we didn't go to bed we had to go to bristol to do the show in canteen and right when i got there i start like richie was pretty bad from midday but i started getting really bad when we sort of pulled up outside the venue and i had to get them to stop the car so i just opened to so pulled up at the venue i opened the car door and just vomited <laughs> and then we and then we had to do this show and i had a massive fan next to me just to try and keep me cool cuz i was sweating buckets and i just have you ever played a trumpet whilst all you want to do is be sick no <laughs> <laughs> I imagine the contradictory kind of like physical like, behaviours like, it was honestly probably the worst hour and a half of my life <laughs> I had to have a pint of water next to me and an empty pint glass just in case I wanted and like <laughs> at the end of the show like because the show went really really well and people loved it and I was outside and this girl came up to me and started trying to talk to me. She was a dentist and she was really hot as well. And there was a moment where I was just like, I'm, I have to go. And I just <laughs> left and went and so I was like, where's you deal with the money? And I just went and sat in the car in like a heap. It's like, oh my God, what have I done? It was just the most stupid thing I could have done. I didn't feel well again until we got to Boomtown. <laughs> and then it just pretty much all started again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, reset. God. I think you went no, blind no. after that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that, that was the 
You went blind? Uh, no, not 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 completely. Um, the day after that tour, it was quite it was quite a heavy tour, um, especially ending a tour at Boomtown. <laughs> yeah, um, a big thing. So yeah, I woke up the next morning, um, and I basically had gone blind in one of my eyes, and the vision in my other eye was terrible. It was really bloodshot. I just woke up in pain. Yeah, just like ah, ah. <laughs> just that's not how you want to we, wake um, up. No, so we, we got up to London. We were both crashing in my at my mum's house, weren't we? Yeah, so we, yeah, we were sharing a bed together rock and roll yeah. <laughs> again <laughs> it, it doesn't cool. happen very often but most our stories involve us sharing a bed together it's, it's apparently um, yeah and then yeah so I went to the doc- a doctor a walk-in doctor and the woman was like yeah you need to go to a nice specialist so I went there and then they thought I had AIDS, didn't they? They did. Yeah. Wow, well, that's, they, yeah. that's quite a jump, isn't that it? Really? Like, <laughs> you know, straight from is this? Uh, is this some true? Well, this must matter. Podcast. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Sorry, I forget. I forget it's recording. Yeah. No, you go for it, man. We want to hear all about it. Um, no, no so they. Um, yeah, I. Um, I had to go. I went to the uh, Western Eye Clinic, and <laughs> then they, they were basically like, "Oh." Um, ask your sexual orientation and all of that like, yeah. have you been having any dangerous sex recently I always have dangerous <laughs> sex it's, it's kind of like it's the wrong <laughs> end of the body like, like what, dangerous what? sex happens down there eyes are up here well, apparently what happens what what I have I had a list of things but that was the yeah. top one so I, I went back home and Ash was like how did it go I was like well not good. Not good. I'll go back to the hospital tomorrow, um, and they'll find out more. So I was basically going in and out every day for like bloody ages while they were doing tests on me, mm. and uh, yeah, needles in the eyes, the lot. Oh god, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, and, uh, that sounds like a, you weren't going to yeah. a proper hospital. No, <laughs> like you were in the underground somewhere. <laughs> Proper, like that sounds did, like a horror a, story, man. That's yeah, it wasn't a pleasant. pleasant no, probably, <laughs> probably like one of that tour was pretty good fun. Although <laughs> Bristol gig was hard work, um, and then that week after was like, yeah, oh, oh, I'm gonna be like, oh, I'm in a band. Everything's really fun. Just be doing all these gigs to like, oh, you're, yeah. But they thought well, I was gonna go. They thought I was They thought you were gonna what? They thought I was gonna go completely blind. Because wow, so I was after a couple of days, I was like, is this? Is this Quite quite serious then. Like obviously that you're, you're <laughs> testing me for. You were still high. This is quite uh, serious, man. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and then they then yeah they were like yeah like you 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 quite possibly are going to go blind from this. I was like oh okay so okay, I, did, I didn't know they, they thought I'd um my my right eye was completely gone. They were like that's gone now. Um, we're going to concentrate on saving your left eye. Which was not as bad, and I still I could you know I yeah. still had enough vision to get about. I couldn't like read a newspaper or anything, but no. enough. Um, and like then I've, I've got loads of loads of vision back in my right eye. How is it now then? Out. How how are you now? Looking out of that eye. Yeah, you're winking at me big time. Uh, right. 
I wouldn't. I wouldn't have a clue who you are. Okay, oh, so it's all blurry. Uh, and the other eye. So that points. This eye's better than average. Okay. That points. It's yeah. quite rubbish. I do okay. think you should have maybe gone blind because it would have been such a good advertising stunt. I mean, you can start wearing an eye patch or something. Oh, uh, dude, yeah, put on a bit did. more of that. <laughs> <laughs> he did have an eye patch. <laughs> and a walking stick. <laughs> Richard, I had a walking stick for a while, didn't I? It's all I? about yeah, the yeah. persona, really. Can it? I say, though, because I remember yeah. I can remember that time, because obviously the Rex had had reached a sort of a... We're, we're at the peak of our career, weren't we? Well, yeah. certainly within the Guernsey Geeks kind of like, you know... Average show like myself, level of understanding of what the local music scene is. You guys were riding high, and and news of your health problems. Whether it was, it wasn't any official thing, but you know, word goes around in Guernsey. There was loads of concern for you. There was loads of concern. There was a real sense of what the hell's going on there. Um, were you aware of that at all? Were you aware that people back home, Guernsey and Arkan? I, I dare I to say Breku. We're, we're, we're uh, kind of aware of what you're going through. Well, yeah, David and Frederick personally messaged me, <laughs> like on Facebook, of course, from straight from Breku to see how I was. So. They're, lo- <laughs> they're lovely guys, aren't no, they? No, yeah. um, I don't know how... I think a lot of people, like most uh, people I, I know well, were. Um, I sort of kept everyone up to date. I didn't scaremonger to people. Or just like, no, there was no sense um, of that. Just kind of, yeah, just, just got on with it. Really. No, people were I, I went home... Um, I blindfolded myself completely and I played it all the way through the rec set along to any recordings we had and I was like, well, if it does happen, I'll be all right. <laughs> uh, I'm probably going to need to like find like sort of like maybe like things on the floor where I can like it play in my socks and find where the microphone is again <laughs> if that happens, wow, just cool. so I can still move. Maybe like a little kind of like tape and box around me so I don't step <laughs> like that. So at least yeah, I can yeah. still put on a show and... and, 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 and you know, and not fall on the I'll put my foot around now. I can find. You know, I know I can. I mean, grab if Brett can do it rent to clean, I mean, you know. yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, sure. that was a that was a really kind of big big thing for me with like yeah. you know seeing Brett and how great Brett is. But Brett is but Brett that, is might be listening uh, right now. So big shout out to Brett. Yeah, he's yeah. he's fucking yeah, awesome. Yeah, totally. So. Um, Greg, Elliot, myself, we were at Jam Night um, last week. Was that? Yeah, it was two, last two week. Yeah, yeah. Brett was up there. Yeah. Brett from Rent to Clean, who normally plays sax and bongos, and he put himself in every bucket. So he put himself in <laughs> vocal bucket, bass bucket, guitar bucket, <laughs> bongo bucket, and drum bucket. And he got pulled for the drum bucket, and he just got led up there. And the guy is super partially sighted, you know. He can <clears throat> very limited. Uh, he, and he, he, was he acquainted himself with that drum kit really, really well, and jammed along fantastically. He's... The guys is said to me afterwards I I can't remember whether it was on the jam night or on the album launch and I sat I think it was the album launch because I just sat outside outside the gig and Brett and me uh, I'd seen him through Clean. we've never really talked uh, probably like true bands and and things and I sat down at the table and I started speaking to Faye from the ukuleles and he said hey Greg how's it going and I was like ah what's he said you're probably wondering why I recognise you. <laughs> I don't know what to do now. This is why I listen to the podcast. So oh, I know your voice from the podcast. So big shout out to Brett. Listen to yeah. the podcast. Yeah. Brett is our only listener. 
<laughs> he has a hundred lessons every time. <laughs> but it absolutely speaks volumes of um, a musician's level of dedication that you even given an impairment or an ability an inability to play with your band because maybe you're in a different island or a different location or whatever or you've got a physical impairment you're still working out ways that you can play music yeah you know you're still finding some way to do it i mean that's that's a true musician really isn't it yeah you like finds a way of doing it there's no excuses just get on with it. Yeah. yeah. Just get on with it. If you if you're finding too many excuses and you're in the wrong game, man, get on with it. We we it's weeded out. I think in the music industry very quickly those who find excuses to not play and those who just can't live without it. Mm. And you'll find quite later on those who's still playing and those who aren't. Really. Mm. There's the people like cancel like canceling gigs and that. We like an old band we, we, we had to like hitchhike on fishing boats because no ferries were running that day to get to a gig in London and the guy that owned the bar he was like I've heard these stories so I told you I was trying to chat to him I was down Sark Harbour I was with Barney when I played in Paisley and it was like really windy I was like trying to find a show spot it's like blowing a gale here <laughs> and like, I was like the ferry's not running he's like obviously you're not going to make the gig I was like no I'm going to make the gig but like I don't know how yet We'll but we'll be there and then he had stories from people that were there that like we'd hitchhike on hitchhiked on fishing boats and all sorts <laughs> and, you know it had been like a massive palaver to get to this gig but we got there and he was just like normally like I get phone calls every week that the bass player's got a cold or something <laughs> and the had to pull out and he just like loved the fact like the commitment to, to get to the gig we can't make the gig because I need to change my windscreen wiper blade yeah, yeah. <laughs> excuse me but I've got my, my voice is it's rather low at the moment and if I ruin it now then I don't think I'll be able to sing in the next two weeks so. I think I strained my larynx and carried on gigging with you guys yeah was yeah last did. Year? And that took a while to get over. But I'm I was sorry, just like, you've done that this, twice. This song, <laughs> like, I was just like, these songs are out of the set until that gets better. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I come from my favourite hat, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing the gig anymore. There's something about learning bits of vocal parts, especially when you're when you're a singer. I think I um, had a couple of lessons which changed everything, and it was totally worth it. I think a lot of people that sing um, miss that trick, and it's totally worth it because I went from playing gigs and when you're playing, especially when you're forcing it out, like Rex gigs or Tantal rock and roll kind of stuff where you're, you're forcing it's a big major gig and especially if you're going to have a drink or smoke or anything like that, you need to make sure that your voice is tip top before yeah. because the day after, if you've got two, three gigs in a row, there's no way you're making it. Mm-hmm. And that's no, no way of doing, you can't survive that. That's great if you just want to play one gig every two, three weeks as a band for a bit of fun. You want to take it to a different level. You you've got to make sure that you can you can do that. That's why I always always push my voice as hard as I can, like in rehearsals, everything, because I know that I can I can always tone it down, on the night. Yeah, you know. But if I don't, if I don't, if I don't push myself in all of the rehearsals, then I never I'm never really sure whether I can get there, and I'm never sure if you can kind of like if you're going to have the stamina to do it. Hitting that high to the low, I think, was a big thing where I was losing my voice, and it was that someone taught me to aim for that high note, but go to the note on top, and then hit the note underneath. Yeah, yeah, you should. And as soon as that happened, it was it was. And explaining it, that was completely new. Yeah. 
that was, oh my God, I've just gone through the whole gig and I still have my voice. Of course, warming up, I think, is so important. And as a lot of singers, I think, don't do it. Mm-hmm. And a piece of advice, do it, don't do it for too long because you'll never be able to sing well, again. My, my sister taught me. She, she came down and watched me on New Year's Eve. And, um, you know, after the show, I was like, you know, so what did you think of that? She's like, it's really good. She's like, but if you keep singing like that, you'll have no voice and like you'll have mm-hmm. nodules on your on your vocal cords mm-hmm. in no time. Yeah. So sound, then sound she like showed me some. Yeah, <laughs> showed me some vocal um, exercise and told me like exactly things mm. like that that you said about about kind of like always sort of, you know, instead of a to look after it. So I don't tend to smoke and stuff before I play because that always kind of like is a killer. I can't do the falsetto and scream things like Valentine. It just wouldn't. It happen. wouldn't happen. I find yeah. smoking helps. So <laughs> I find smoking helps. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, really yeah. weird. Like I can't. I know that there's a certain limit. There's a certain limit of of what I can do. And Ash, you don't smoke at all. And yet, you can fucking smoke like a chimney before a gig and get out there. But is that how you get the well effect? The well effect. The well effect is 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 something that happened a long time ago. It doesn't happen anymore. Um, you still that was sing. showing the pure like naivety of my voice the well effect <laughs> wasn't it but I like the way these two like sat it. there thinking you mugs you <laughs> mugs <laughs> like drums bass go yeah. on tour no I wasn't thinking night. that actually you yeah. don't have to worry about my voice I love playing I love doing yeah. it with Paisley we do loads of gigs <laughs> doesn't matter I was I thinking I was thinking actually Ash your, your point is is true for whether you're playing bass or, or drums or guitar or flute or trumpet or any instrument, you need to practice at the top of your game yeah. and yeah. then performances just take it down a notch because yeah. you need to be not stressed in your performance. You need to be comfortable in your yeah, performance. Yeah, yeah. So you got, otherwise, of, uh, the anxiety comes through in yeah. your performance. You don't practice a song till you know it. You practice, you practice a song and then you know the song and then you practice the song 20, 50, 60 times over so that you get yeah. bored with the song. Yeah, so, yeah. so as soon as you're on stage... Do you do that? You get... Most of my stuff, yeah. <laughs> I don't do that. Do you do that with Rex? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I've got two questions before we close because mm, I'm conscious of the time. And yeah, we're running out of cider. Really, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the out. only reason. <laughs> um, one really quick question. You yeah. just mentioned, Ash, that your sister gave you coaching in in yes singing so does your sister sing yeah yeah she's in in she's in bands oh cool she's in the orchestra when i was in the brass band she actually um she used to do um she was responsible for things like x factor and britain's got talent she's a ceo's assistant at psycho so she used to do all that stuff yeah i think Mm -hmm. she can take a fair amount of the blame yeah (laughs) i reckon Cool. so what was her job uh, in in that she basically ran it Wow. Like she was kind of like, um, yeah, she's, well, she's the CEO's assistant. She's basically, you've got Simon Cowley who owned the label, and then I can't remember who the CEO was, and then there was her. So she basically did all the work. They had all the money yeah, yeah. and the clout, and she did all the... So she's got really good insights as to what actually makes a good musician, vocalist, performer, artist. Well, that's down to the judges. Themselves. Like she, she would basically <laughs> get people like the judges. She would, like, um, sort out... Um, 
I think she did the Brit Awards as well once. Okay. Wow. Sure. She that was the kind of side of the industry she was in, but she was also in like indie bands as well that were pretty cool. Oh, nice so, one. Anyone yeah. that we might have heard of that, that I I, I doubt it. it actually, okay. they were quite. She was yeah more on the underground, and now she basically just DJs. She's always oh, away wow. DJing. Yeah. Is she really? Uh, is, is that a full time job now? I don't actually know. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. I'll move on to my next question then. So, guys, what's the next for the Rex? I think we want to re- get something recorded this year and then yeah. you know release it in the next seven. We want yeah. some news. So. <laughs> 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 2023, 2024. I don't do that whole seven-year gap, guy. We're going to record. I don't new believe. Album I'm sorry. I do not believe videos. that. I think that the the new Rex because you have a sense of a unified band right now. You've already talked about new songs that you're bringing to the table. Um, I get a sense. You were frustrated that it took four years to get this last album out, and you probably want to get on and do the yeah. next one pretty yeah. damn quick. To be honest, it was for the best. Four that years. It took we, a we long time to get that minutes. out. Had we, yeah, <laughs> minutes. It came out, uh, it was recorded in a 20, no, it was actually five years, wasn't it? We recorded the whole 20, thing in 20, probably five, two 2013, weeks. and it was released in 20, uh, 2018. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, see. You look at digital clocks. That was four minutes, mate. Four <laughs> minutes. <laughs> we got a tour. We got a Guernsey tour coming up soon. We're going over to the UK. True. Um, yeah, yeah. And yeah. we we want to get back out and like that's that's just I pushing really, really as much as we can. Going going away, gigging, going to the UK, going over to France, going to Europe putting out new stuff and, and just enjoying. I want to go to Croatia. We've got, a, we've got a small fan base in Croatia. Oh, really? We need to go there cool. and perform. We, yeah. we would, I was talking actually with Dave Etherington on Thursday. Uh, not uh, Thursday night we played a, that solo game. So Wednesday night. And we found out, we were talking about the Falkland Islands. And I think I might have agreed to us going to the do Falklands. a Falkland Islands tour. You didn't agree to Romania, reason. though. I totally <laughs> I agree said, with that. I thought thing. you don't want to do Romania. Did, I'm, I'm sorry, guys. I'm going to have to interrupt you. This is turning into a band meeting. <laughs> 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 My question was a general encapsulation of what the so hell So we've got works. tours <laughs> in the Falkland Islands and Romania. And we're going to open a pet. Uh, Iceland. <laughs> we're going to the pole for about six months to record and Japan. study Japan. penguins. Because yeah. we've got a strong oh, idea about penguins in music and the way that they sing they've got a very precise way and it works really well with the song and we're all about perfection and that song has to have those voices I'm going to do the thing completely and we're just going to take this bit here at the end where we're just going to fade slowly slowly out (laughs) we're just slowly 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 fading fade out fade out fade out fade out fade out and we're just fading slowly 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 out into the Bye everyone, thanks for listening. Gigs podcast. podcast on Saturday the 26th of Special guests Jarvo and Richie Powers.